This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Now, let's get a cup of tea and spend a few minutes together. Here's your host, wife, mother of three, and entrepreneur, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Thank you for joining me. And we got to start out the show with sharing some kind of exciting news that we had happen at our house this week. Jesse, you want to tell people what our excitement was? Most people are going to be like, they call this exciting. <laughs> we unexpectedly uh, replaced our water heater. Well, we didn't unexpectedly. I mean, it wasn't. It was planned unexpectedly. It was something that we decided to plan for very quickly. Yes. Because a few weeks ago, we found out that it needed to happen sooner rather than later. We just finished out this office that we are in here, what, about four months ago? Mm-hmm. And the utility room is off the office that has the water heater in it. And if the water heater went out, it would ruin everything that we did in this office. And we just learned that our water heater was 13 years old. So I decided that we were going to put off the savings plan that we were saving for. We had a different project and we decided that that would be the main goal. So, that was our new goal. Last yep. last episode we spoke of, we talked about saving for large ticket items and gratefully we'd been saving up money to redo our bathroom, not redo our bathroom, but we need to pull the shower out. We need to do some major work in our bathroom because we're having some shower issues. But Anyway, the good, the upside of this, why it was exciting is because ever since we've moved into this house, which was a little over a year ago, we haven't had good hot water. Not consistent. We will, every day we will have some hot water, but it's never enough hot water for an entire shower. Right. I think it's just just a sign that the tank was getting old. It wouldn't heat the number of showers that we had going consistently for very long at all. 
So we had to space out, space out our showers and be okay that after about five or six minutes, which for some people, they never take that long of a shower. But for someone like me who likes to shave my legs and wash my hair and, you know, spend 12 or 15 minutes in the shower, um, it would be warm and then go to cold, usually not to ice, but sometimes anyway, it was, it it would go cool, cool. Going from hot to cool makes, (laughs) seems like it's going to cold. You don't enjoy your shower, but we can now take a shower and have hot water the entire time. So it feels amazing. And this is total first world problems because so many people don't even have running water and so many people don't have running water that they can make hot. So we are very spoiled, but still after a year of not having consistent hot water, it feels amazing. So with that exciting news to start the show, it seems like we don't have a lot going on around here. I am thrilled that we're going to be talking to Audrey Roloff later on in the show. She wrote the book with her husband, Love Letter Life. I recently read it, and I just think that it's going to be a great conversation about marriage and about dating and engagement and about a lot of hard lessons that they learned on the way. Speaking of books, because I just finished that book, I also finished this book by Sheryl Sandberg called Option B. And I actually listened to the audiobook. I know, Jesse, you feel like that's kind of cheating. 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 But I consumed it and I listened to Option B. And the subtitle of it is Facing Adversity, Building Resilience, and Finding Joy. And Cheryl is the, I think she's the CEO. Don't quote me on this. She's very high up in Facebook. I know that. And I had heard of her because of her book, Lean In. I've never actually read that book, but I'd heard good reviews of it. And I just happened to see, I think this option B book was mentioned on Modern Mrs. Darcy and Bogle's site. And she talked about how it was a great audiobook to listen to. I found the story really compelling. It's the story of how her husband just literally died without warning. He collapsed on the treadmill at the gym when they were on a trip, the two of them in Mexico, and she found him in the gym and they never could revive him. And I didn't agree with everything in her perspective, but I loved how she shared processing through that loss. I felt like it was really valuable to listen to because I think sometimes we don't know what it's like to walk in someone's shoes. And so I think of people in my life who have experienced loss, who will experience loss, and the lessons that she shared in the book are going to really help me to be able to have more empathy. So that was Option B by Cheryl Sandberg. Jesse, what is saving your life this week? Because I know you don't have a book yet because you're still working. Hey, I just crossed page 100 on my on my other book. 100. To, so, so about four more weeks. Yes. Four more weeks, maybe. And you'll have a new book for us. But Hopefully. what's saving your life this week? Well, the new water heater, for one. <laughs> saving your showers. Well, I've been recently getting interested in listening to a new podcast. I listened to one today on uh, Joe Rogan and he's got a almost three hour long podcast that he does quite a few times a week. And the one I listened to today was really good. Uh, was Dale Earnhardt Jr. was his interviewee. He interviews some really cool people. Uh, you have to look past the language, but he gets really in depth with some of these guys that are 
hot newsmakers and influential people, and it's very interesting. I should know this, but who is he? Joe Rogan? Yes. Joe Rogan was a TV personality. Uh, I believe he... Like, I've heard the uh, name, but I don't know Well, he hosted, like, Fear Factor. He was the host of Fear Factor. Okay. And he's a host and fight announcer for UFC and doing some the UFC fights. He does ringside announcing, I think. And then he's just an entertainer with these podcasts. And Has he been doing the podcast for a long time? He's been doing the podcast a long time. And he was really influential in some different people starting their own podcasts, like Jocko Willink and, and others. Who you really enjoy the oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, definitely. But you'd never listened to Joe I, Rogan's podcast before. Not really. I hadn't. I'd been highly recommended, but I had never sat and listened to it. And how long are the episodes? The episodes are like three hours long. Wow. But they're very interesting. <laughs> so three hours with one guest? Yes. And there's Whoa. no breaks. There's no commercials except for wow. the- beginning and end. And it's just that they dive deep into the podcast. So are they going all over the place or are they kind of just telling one part of that person's story and diving really they're, deep? They're diving deep into several different areas of the story. Three hours is a long time. So you have to have some commitment for this yeah. podcast. Yeah. And and to be a very good interviewer too, because you're not just asking canned questions that you had at the from the beginning of the podcast. You're listening to the answers and diving deep, asking further follow-up questions. And that takes a really good interviewer. It would be a great podcast for someone who they did a lot of driving or they had a job Definitely. that they could listen to a really lengthy podcast like that. Yeah. Okay. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes. And, and, and there is a lot of language in the podcast. So you have to look past that. But Or not something to be listening to when you have little people around. Right. Or make sure you have your headphones in. Word of warning there. My What's Saving My Life This Week pick is bagged salad kits. <laughs> and the reason I'm picking this is because I love to eat salads and I typically eat a salad for lunch and dinner. If you follow me on Money Saving Mom, you know this. I know that might sound a little weird, but it's what works for me. But sometimes, especially at lunchtime, to actually make a salad and to put it together takes some thought and time. And I will, it's not as easy to just grab and go. But with bagged salad kits, super easy because you're literally just dumping stuff on a plate. And I might pull out some leftovers. Like today we had some leftover chicken and roasted asparagus in the fridge and I might put those on top too. But I love these bag salad kits and I get them typically marked down to half price or more at Kroger. So I can usually get two or three salads out of one bag. So then it makes them very inexpensive, especially a few weeks ago, I found them marked down to 25 cents each, which is crazy. But if you're interested in my weird salad eating habit, I actually did a post on Money Saving Mom that we'll link in the show notes all about um, just kind of taking you through a few weeks of just my salads. And I put, I just took pictures of my salads, nothing that is going to blow your mind, but it might just encourage you with some ideas of ways that you can Put how, together simple how many salads. pictures of lettuce can you take? They all had different toppings. Different toppings. Lettuce with different toppings. That's what a salad is. Sounds boring. I know. I know it sounds boring, but you feel so much better when you eat more salads. That's my philosophy. And speaking <laughs> of eating, this is not eating salads, but I also had to mention that I just um, posted... 
we reposted and kind of freshened up with new pictures and a new post and my bread machine cinnamon roll recipe. Not healthy, but if you are Very looking good. for a really amazing cinnamon roll recipe and you want it to be simple and easy, check out the bread machine cinnamon roll recipe that we posted and I will put a link to that in the show notes. You keep your salads, I'll eat the cinnamon rolls. Okay. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to eat both because then I can feel better about eating the cinnamon rolls because I know I had a salad too. So then I can justify the cinnamon rolls. I'm so excited to have today's podcast guest. And I say that plural because it's Audrey and Jeremy Roloff and they are joining me in person right here today, trying to scooch together to have one yeah. mic because right. Jeremy jumped in at the last minute to do this. And um, Jeremy and Audrey have one precious little daughter named Ember, and they are the um, host of the popular Behind the Scenes podcast and also brand new authors. Your yes. book just came out this week, yes. right? Yep. Yes. So exciting. And you're in the middle of crazy book launch. Yes. yes. Just yeah. a little bit tired, maybe. A little bit tired. <laughs> Not sure when we've eaten or I don't slept. Know what day it is, it's like it's really fun. confusing body. It's really fun. <laughs> But yeah, it's been, we've had a blast so far. So. That's so exciting. And I just have to be honest and say that I didn't know who you all were until about <laughs> two months ago when your publicist yeah. contacted me and they asked, their publicist said, you know, could I send you this book? And it's called Love Letter Life. And so I Googled you. And there's nice. good stuff. There's Uh-oh. good stuff that came up. <laughs> <Yeah>. Don't do that. <laughs> I discovered that Commandy. I've sort of been living under a rock because probably most people who are listening to this podcast know exactly who you all are because you were on the TLC's hit show, Little People, Big World. Mm-hmm. And I actually have heard of the show, but I've never watched it before. So for those who are unfamiliar with the show, I'd love for you to just give us a little synopsis of that show. Yeah. So uh, just the real quick Sparks notes on it. So about... I don't know, maybe it was like 15 years ago or something around that. TLC approached us, wanted to do a show. My parents said yes. And so it's been a long, we've been going that whole time. Um, we now have the Guinness Book World Record for most episodes ever filmed by oh my a goodness. single family. How many episodes do you oh, know? Oh, it's, I don't know, four, five hundred. Honestly, I just, I don't Hundreds. know. <laughs> oh my goodness. So it's been going for a really long time and it was an amazing experience. Super, super fun. Two years ago, Audrey and I, uh, we just had this stirring in our hearts and just decided, you know what? It's me specifically, it's been 15 years. I don't know how much longer I want to be doing this. So mm. so we decided to jump ship, if you will, and pursue some other passions, uh, this book being one of them. And your wedding was actually featured on that show. Yeah. So I yeah. can't even imagine that planning was a, big, a wedding. That and- was a big decision. And we tell the whole story of making that decision in the book. It's, yes. it's quite a... Yeah, quite an interesting journey that was. We kind of joke, we say we had to decide because it was actually like a decision that we had to make. We're like, well, are we going to film our wedding or are we not? And we kind of tell that story in the book. But we had to decide, do we want to invite 200 people to our wedding or 2 million people to our (laughs) wedding? We always joke about about that. But yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's been crazy, but we've been off for the past couple of years. It's been been great freeing to be able to press into other things. And so. some of those other things obviously are the book, but then you also have a clothing line. And yes. so tell us just a little bit about the two of you, 
how you work together. Yes. So we have a clothing line. It is called Always More. It's inspired by my life mantra, but it comes from the verse in Ephesians 3.20, which is now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And it was, I was a collegiate distance runner. So I used to write Always More on my arm as like a motivational fitness reminder. And then it ended up becoming so much more than I ever imagined. And so we started putting it on shirts and bags and necklaces and people have really taken to it. And now lots of women have it tattooed on their bodies yeah. and it's become this crazy thing. So yeah. I mean, it's way more than a clothing brand. It's really a mission that many, many women have kind of bonded to and uh, chosen as their life mantra as well. So it's pretty special to watch, watch it flourish. Yes. Um, yeah. Then we do the podcast together, which is really fun. And uh, we, we self-published something called the Marriage Journal a few years ago. And so really, we like to say we provide tools and resources to help people live more intentional lives. And so a lot of what we do is kind of wrapped up under that mission. And so mm-hmm. we're having a lot of fun pursuing that. I just love that, that the two of you are working together. And yeah. I know, you know, with Jesse and I working together, it's just, it's a wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. life. There's, there's challenges for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, just actually, we were recording the podcast, the intro for this episode and the two of us, it took us three tries because we were arguing <laughs> oh, yeah. and I'm like, we're supposed to be talking about marriage on this podcast yeah, and we can't even record That's always how 10 it is. minutes, you know? <laughs> But in your book, Love Letter Life, you talk really candidly about, you know, just some of the struggles and the lessons that you learned while you were dating and engaged. Mm-hmm. And I'd love for you to just unpack, you know, what were some of those hardest struggles that you experienced during those years? Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, I think a lot of it was just, you know, we're very two different human beings with different upbringings and different personalities and different views on different things. And so, you know, when you put those two people together, there's this process of, we call it in our book, the road to oneness. And we had to have just a lot of hard conversations to learn more about each other. And one of the things we always say is to be to be students of one another, which is something that we always want to be. But especially in the beginning when we were dating and engaged, we needed to be that to learn each other's weaknesses and strengths and to prepare us for marriage. And so some of the things I would just say, like, you know, learning that we had very different communication styles, learning mm-hmm. our Enneagram numbers and how yeah. those play together or don't play together sometimes. And gosh, I, there's... Yeah, well, well we... <laughs> Help me out, like, babe. What yeah, else? Yeah, well, what like, else then there's like the, the pursuit of purity and and past relationships. And there's mm-hmm. just, there's a lot of stuff we, we tried to, you know, talk about because we don't think the world needs another highlight reel, right? They need real stories because it is through listening to stories that we get to listening or reading stories that we get to really experience our own story. And so we said, if we're ever going to, if this book is ever going to make a difference and help people out, we better get vulnerable and get serious about, you know, about this mission of ours. And so we want this book to really shine through with our vulnerability as a, as a force to just help people see their own stories in a new positive light. Which I thought you did a really good job of, because there was stuff that you shared in the book that I was like, Wow, that would be really hard to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. But I think it would help yeah. it helps people to feel less alone to know yes. we all have these struggles. Definitely. None of us have done it perfectly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And for we sure. really feel like, you know, I think sometimes people can often paint us just because of social media in this light of we have this perfect marriage or this perfect life or whatever. And 
really, when you read the book, you probably will find out that we are much more relatable Mm -hmm. to most people than Mm -hmm. you think, or than social media paints us to be. And so I think that that's something that was really a goal when we were writing the book was to just be really honest about those struggles, because there are things that we know from just having friends that there are things that a lot of our friends struggle with. And so mm-hmm. that's what also one of the hearts behind this book is like, obviously we're young, you know, we're only five years into marriage, but we felt like there wasn't a lot of people our age sort of in the battle with our generation mm-hmm. speaking to those things. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like awesome books out there, you know, by the Timothy Kellers of the world, but there's not a lot that's like, you know, by someone like Jeremy and I or our age kind of in the battle with them. Mm-hmm. So that's something that we kind of wanted to be was like meeting people where they're at in mm-hmm. that. And, and I love that. And I would love to ask your advice as somebody who, you know, you're five years into marriage and you look back and you see the struggles that you went through. I know a lot of moms that I talk to who are saying, you know, my kids are, I mean, our mm-hmm. oldest is 14 and we're like starting oh, wow. in on that journey of noticing boys and, you know, boys <laughs> and girls are pairing up and there, you know, there's all of that. Yeah. And I'd love for you to speak to what advice do you have for parents who want mm. to walk alongside their kids well mm. during their teen years and, you know, going into looking to marriage? Well, I'm not in that season, so I don't know if I can give the best advice for it. But uh, one thing that my mom did really well was just pray for me every Mm. single day. She never let me leave the house for school without praying for me. I went Mm. to public school my whole life. And when I was running late and I would just storm off, like if we were in a fight or something, she would literally make me turn around and come home. Like she'd just call me relentlessly. And so I never left the house, whether it was for, you know, a race for running or whatever it was. Whatever it was. Yeah. I never left the house without her covering me in prayer. And I think that was huge. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, not just is prayer like extremely powerful in that sense, but the consistency yes. of, of it really, I think now Audrey looks back as like, wow, my mom like really cared. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes fought, I sometimes, but the consistency of her efforts, I think, Right. Something we write about in the book is like love is proven through its efforts, mm-hmm. right? It's it's obviously a verb. It's more than just saying I love you. It's more than a feeling. Right. And so we explore what that means in the book. And I think Audrey's mom did a really good job at proving that to Audrey mm-hmm. with the consistency of her efforts. Right. So. And that was just one way, like yeah. she used to write me, she also wrote me letters in my lunch every single day, mm. which like obviously letters are a huge part of yes. our life. And, mm-hmm. and so I think just all of those things, like Jared said, those consistent things, even when I was mad at her, I was, even if I didn't come across like I was, I was listening to what she was saying. If she was trying to tell me something, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if she was trying to like teach me something, I was more willing to listen just because of those consistent deposits mm-hmm. that she'd put mm-hmm. in for years, you yeah. know? I think that's going to be so encouraging to the moms who are listening, who are in the trenches, mm-hmm. who are feeling like, is this really worth it? You know, yeah. it's every yeah. single day. I mean, you all know with your, your, with your daughter, it's mm-hmm. a lot of work and you're doing, you're mm-hmm. saying the same thing every single right. day, you know, <laughs> and try, you know, training is not just like mm-hmm. with, um, when you were running, it wasn't mm-hmm. like you just go run a race. Like right. you, yeah. you know, it's part of, it's a training and, mm-hmm. um, it's teaching and it's walking alongside and that mm-hmm. consistency. And I just, I love that beautiful picture of her praying for you mm-hmm. and doing that every single day. Mm-hmm. I'm really convicted by that and wanting to do that with my kids. Okay. So let's talk about personality types. I love the Enneagram and um, I know you're an eight on the Enneagram and you are a nine. Mm -hmm. And um, so do you find that your personalities clash or do they complement one another? I think if you view your personalities as clashing, that that's not healthy. Like, I don't think anyone should just go, oh yeah, like our personalities clash. Mm -hmm. Like to give your 
to give power to that statement, I don't think yeah. it's a healthy thing for your marriage. So, I mean, and I, I, I honestly do think that our personalities really complement each other. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. well that we've chosen, we are choosing, we've, <laughs> <laughs> new word. New word. That's my third new word of the day for everyone. We've had a lot of new words today. Yeah. <laughs> We've chosen to view them as complementary. Mm -hmm. And I think exploring that has helped us in many ways overcome what would have become maybe like a hindrance to our quote unquote compatibility. But mm -hmm. instead we we just view it in a different light. I think the perspective change of that is really healthy, babe. That's a, right. that's a really good phrase. But it ain't a nine, man. We're fire and ice. Yeah. We're fire and water. And so um, we can be a damaging duo or a very, very healthy duo. And so, again, it's just going back to being really intentional about things. And yeah, we try to do that. I honestly think that the Lord knew that I needed his nineness and he needed my eightness mm -hmm. because yeah. I need someone to tell me, it's okay to take a break, take a rest, and, calm down, don't worry about it. And yeah, he and, needs someone to be like, let's go, come on. <laughs> Some things are actually urgent, you know? Yeah. And so I think like we really did need each other in that and it's made us better human beings. For sure. And and something I think, you know, a bunch of people that talk about the Enneagram probably have said this, but we interviewed Chris Hewitts and mm -hmm. he wrote Sacred Enneagram and mm -hmm. he had this whole thing about viewing your spouse's personality type is actually the, a, the gift that you need, the gift that mm -hmm. you don't have. And so for me, mm -hmm. I... 10, it's funny because like I use Audrey's kind of eightness as a way to become a healthy nine. And mm -hmm. I think Audrey uses my nineness to become a healthy eight mm -hmm. because I'm viewing her eightness, if you will, as like her, the gift that she brings me, the mm -hmm. gift that she brings to the relationship. And, you know, it goes mm -hmm. vice versa. And I thought that was a very special perspective shift on how we kind of view each other's personalities because you can view them as opposites or complementary. So I don't know. I think that's all of life. It's like our perspective can change everything. Mm -hmm. It can make it seem like this horrible, awful thing or right. this wonderful gift. Yep. Yeah. And I love for you to say, we're not going to give power to the words yeah. of, you know, these numbers are going to yeah. clash, you know, right. but we, this is a gift that mm -hmm. we have for each, yes. each other. And to see that and to embrace that. I know, you know, for my husband, like when I understood he's a five and here's mm -hmm. what he needs and here's his gift that he brings to the world mm -hmm. with that. And mm -hmm. it helps me to just really appreciate him instead of being like, what is your problem? You right. know, yeah. and I'm sure when he totally. has understood yes. mine and my number and, mm -hmm. you know, my personality, it's also helped as well. Um, and so then I would love for you to talk about something that you say in the book is that you guys have this weekly meeting, which I, and you call it, do you call it, what do you call it? Remind the, me. We call it the marriage journal. The marriage. Yeah. And so every week you sit down, tell me how this goes. And you have some questions that you ask one another. Yeah. So this, this is kind of one thing we, I'll let Audrey maybe carry, carry this one. But like one thing we talk about in the book is intentional ways to protect your love. Mm -hmm. And so this is just one of those ways. And it's basically a weekly meeting that we use as a, let's just say like a pushing back on the tide of busy, right? Mm -hmm. Resisting the tyranny of the urgent and just a way to say, no, our marriage matters and it demands and requires kind of a weekly coming together, if you will. So we don't want a week to go by where we haven't like connected on some type of intimate level, you know, mm -hmm. whether it be communicating about the week ahead, whatever it is, but I'll let Audrey kind of explain a little bit that goes on in it. Yeah. So it's essentially, you know, the same six questions that we both ask each other every week and we record our answers to them in this journal and we take turns recording. But basically the questions are very simple, but they've really helped to prevent bitterness, prevent conflict and help us resolve conflict. And also I'll just give you some of the questions for like 
a flavor of what I'm talking about, but like one of the questions is what brought you joy this week? Mm-hmm. And I think so often, you know, I have friends who couldn't tell you what brought their husband joy that week, but they could tell you what their husband did that annoyed them. Mm. And so I think like to start every week with that question is again, a perspective shift of like knowing I want to know what is bringing Jeremy joy. The next question is what was one thing that was hard this week? You know, what's um, one thing I can pray for you for? Is there a dream craving or desire that's been on the forefront of your mind this week? And a lot of our vacations or you know, new hobbies or things that we've done have come from that question being Mm -hmm. the same answer week after week. And then there's one question that is, is there any unconfessed sin, unresolved hurt or conflict from the week that we need to resolve or seek forgiveness for? And that question is kind of like the question every week that we call is like, it's the good time to talk about it, Mm -hmm. where during the week something comes up that we don't really have the chance to get into resolving the conflict. It's our time to, you know, kind of resolve issues that we've maybe tabled or it's our time to just be honest about things that we maybe haven't talked about. And so that's been a huge lifeline because no more than a week will go by without us having had that conversation and reconciled. And it's also just made us quicker to reconcile on the day-to-day in general, just knowing that we have that question coming, yes. I think has kind of just also been like a little instigator yeah. for us. But yeah. And every week there's also a calendar in the journal that we get on the same page about things coming up in the week. Um, yeah. I mean, ultimately, it's just a great tool for communication. It's a communication tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like, if you ask 10 people what their number one advice for healthy marriage is, I bet nine out of 10 would say communication, communication, communication. So that's what we use it for. And is this something that you all came up with yourself or? So we actually, our premarital counselors had Mm -hmm. been doing this for years. And Mm -hmm. when we met with them during premarital, we were like, we have like, we love that. Yeah, like, it's amazing. Let's take it. And so and we, asked, we asked their permission to like kind of run with it mm-hmm. and build a calendar out and blah, blah, blah. So then we self-published it a couple of years ago. It's For just, years, we were writing in this little pamphlet journal. And then we we're like, <laughs> yeah. well, let's just make this into something. Because yes. people mm-hmm. were asking us all the time, mm-hmm. what are the questions and and how can I do it? Yeah. And so. So it's just at themarriagejournal.com. And okay. yeah, pretty fun. But it's been it's been awesome for us and thousands of other marriages. So, <laughs> Well, and I just think that intentionality of prioritizing, yeah, like, you know, saying we're going to prioritize our relationship and we're going to have that intentionality of every single mm-hmm. week, we're going to sit down and have that face-to-face time mm-hmm. of communicating and asking some hard questions and mm-hmm. asking some fun questions. Right. You know, I love how it's not just like, oh, what yeah, do we need hard. to talk about yeah, that's yeah, hard sure. this week, but the yes. fun stuff too, because that it, it kind you of is this comprehensive, right you know, up. balanced view of marriage that it's fun mm-hmm. and it's hard. And, you know, it's just this beautiful mm-hmm. um, thing that you can have. And so I just, I love that. And I was so inspired by that. And I was like, I need those questions. Yeah, I need yeah. that journal. Yeah. When yeah. I, we'll I read, we'll I read the journal. book, yeah. I was like, yeah. they don't have the questions in the book. Where, <laughs> where do I go? So anyway, thank you both so much for coming today. Thanks for coming to our house and for just being willing to share and inspire other couples with your life and your passion for marriage and for, you know, helping people Thanks. to live and in accordance to, you know, thinking of immeasurably more. I just love, you know, mm-hmm. that God can do more than we ask or think. And look what he is doing with your book oh, this yeah. week that it's like yeah. in the what it's number crazy. four right now yeah. on Amazon. Just it's crazy. Totally so wild. I'm so <laughs> excited for you all and what God has for your future. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. This is really fun. It's been an honor. Thank you. This week, we're going to do two questions for the question of the week segment because they're very similar. And the first question came from Belle, and she asked, what is Jesse's personality type? I'll let you tell that. (laughs) Or maybe I should. (laughs) Yeah, you should. 
I'd say bland. No. Uh, depends on what kind of personality type you're talking about. Well, just well, I've tell done us about Enne- all of Enneagram. Them. I'm a type five. What is your wing? Do you know? A one or a nine? No. <laughs> what is your actual wing? There's only two numbers that it can be because it has to be right be next to four or a six. I have both. Okay. We're going to have Lee Kramer on the show in a few weeks, and she's going to talk more about Enneagram. I think I'm a six. And I think her philosophy, we'll probably dive into it, but her philosophy is that you should manifest both, right. like the healthy traits of both, whereas other people disagree with that. They say you should only have one. Well, I can see in people that I analyze that they have both. One's just stronger than the other. Or sometimes I feel like certain ones are stronger for me at different times. Yeah, that makes sense. Balance each other out. So you are an Enneagram 5, and you're Myers-Briggs, like we just talked about last week. I don't remember. Yes, and it, you can tell that this is not it, important to your personality no, it's type not. <laughs> to know. You are an ISTP, which you can go back and listen to last episode. We'll link it in the show notes to... if. If you missed it, where Meg Teets really unpacks what all those letters mean, but basically it means that you are an introvert. introvert. You're sensing. Yeah. I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> Not intuitive, <laughs> sensing. But that means that that brings a lot of healthy things to our marriage. And then you're thinking, thinking versus feeling. Right. So that's how you process things. And then perceiving versus judging. Right. So very different than I am because I am an INTJ. So the only thing that we have that matches is that we're both introverts. Though I'm more of an extrovert than you are. I'm a pretty, in certain circumstances. Yeah, I think we balance each other out there though because I think in certain circumstances I can be more extroverted. I can I can act like an extrovert if I need to. Right. And I'm a high eye, so when I'm with people who I know well, I'm very extroverted. Yes, definitely. But if I'm in new situations where I feel uncomfortable, then I can very much seem like an introvert. Whereas in new situations, I can be more of an extrovert than, than you are. Yes. You are, um, you will talk to random people at the grocery store. You will just strike up conversations with people. And I would never do that unless something, I don't know, I'm in a crazy weird mood <laughs> because I'm just going to put you, my head you down, would never do that. put my head down, get the groceries. And you're right. like, Oh, look, that man over there, he's looking at the same drink that I like. Just look for com- Let me talk commonalities. To him. I wonder what his story is. So very different personality typings when it comes to how we approach people. And I, I don't know, it's just our it's just interesting when we're together and in social setting social settings. I was gonna s- combine settings and situations, but social settings because of how we approach things. And right. It's so I I love that you will go up and talk to random people and learn things about them and that you will notice people that I won't because I'll just be so focused on my task at hand. Right. Okay. So the piggyback question then for this is from Lori and she said, do you know your kids' personality types and any advice for figuring them out? Yeah, we do. And and actually they were really excited about learning it themselves and figuring each other out. And especially when we were going through the Enneagram, they started studying the Enneagram. They, when we did the Myers-Briggs, they each wanted to do the Myers-Briggs and see what they were, but they were easier to figure out on the Enneagram. Yeah. And I think that as they grow older, I think you you want to be careful as parents 
when you understand the personality typings and you kind of start geeking out on it, or if you do geek out on it, you want to figure out everybody's personality types. And I think with kids, especially as they're growing and getting older, allowing them the freedom to change. So maybe what they manifest when they're three years old might look like, oh man, they are absolutely a one. But as they grow and change and have life experience, that might change a lot. And we we didn't figure them out as far as the Enneagram goes until they were pretty old. I mean, Catherine was probably 13. Caitlin was... I think Catherine is a little bit... She has a quieter personality. And so I think hers is not so obvious. Whereas Silas and seems to be very, it's a very clear cut. Very much so. <laughs> what they are. And Catherine, I feel like she's still trying yes. to figure out what that is. And so we just want to give her the freedom to not be like, oh, well, this is what you are. So this is how you need to act. And I don't want to be like that with any of the kids. But I think for us, it's given us perspective and helped us to have more compassion and helped us to have more understanding and helped us to parent them in a different way because we understand the more the way that they're wired. Right. But I think with Catherine, she was very introspective about the whole thing and really took to studying it and figuring it out and figuring out what other people were as well. And that's when, you know, one strength that she has as far as being um, sensing in that way. And um, being attuned to other people's needs. And as far as how to figure them out, I think having them take the test can be valuable, like 16personalities.com. And there are also the Enneagram tests online. I don't feel like those are as consistently accurate as as 16 personalities can be with the Myers-Briggs. I feel like Myers-Briggs is a little bit easier to pinpoint. Enneagram is a little bit more, you need to study it to kind of figure out. But one thing that we did was um, Ian Cron, is it Cron or Cron? I'm not sure, but his book, The Road Back to You, he has a list in there of each of the Enneagram personality types and how they would respond in situations. And so we just read that aloud to the kids and let them kind of process through and which one they felt that they connected with the most. And we didn't say, oh, well, then you're such and such. We'd, it was just a very insightful way for us as parents to get to know them better, to read these with them. And I think because both of us kind of geek out on, uh, of course, Myers-Briggs, you don't even know what you are. So <laughs> maybe you, you geeked out on Myers-Briggs. I think Enneagram is more your thing. Right. I think you. Well, you, I, I went in depth with it last year. Yes. So I feel like we just, because they're, they are around that language at our house, it's something that is more, they want to find out and figure out about themselves. They want to know who they are and know themselves better. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I also think we want to be careful that we don't put them in a box. Definitely. But I think that it has really helped as far as our parenting styles with them mm-hmm. to get to know what their bents are. To And really that's all it does is it, it makes you attuned to figure out what their strengths, weaknesses, and tendencies are. And whether it's with Myers-Briggs, whether it's Enneagram, whatever the tool is to be in tune with your child is the most important thing. Yes. If you have a question on any topic that you'd love for Jesse and I to answer on a future episode, or if you just have any feedback or suggestions or thoughts on the show, we love to get your emails and they are a bright spot in our week every week. So you can shoot an email to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of The Crystal Pain Show. Have a great week. And remember, you can't always choose your circumstances, but you can always choose your attitude. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com.